0: Arriving early, Velociraptor Road, Brachiosaur Broadway, and other titles made up the streets of Dinosaur Colorado as I passed beyond it and into Utah. I would stop back for the Dino Dispensary, a small building with some Willys Reserve I'd pick up, but the main focus of today? The dinosaurs. All of them. Entering the park very quickly, any cell reception fell away as did the mountains, Off to the left, driving in, the cliffs stayed upright the entire way, but to the right, the green river spun away across the fields, leading a great glimpse of green against a sea of brown and dusted yellows. Once I pulled in, I sorted things out at the visitor's center for a pass and got down to brass tacks. What did I need and what did I want to do? Dinosaur National Monument is a dark sky zone as well, so I was hoping to nab a square of open sky to examine away from the lights. Unfortunately, there'd be a storm rolling in that I'd seen on the weather app, and the park ranger also mentioned it, making it seem not optimal for the stop. Looking at the odds, she seemed doubtful it'd open up enough at the campsite still open for the season, but she did say that things may be opening up Tuesday for a shot through the cloud cover. A trek for another day, then. What I could do, however, was the fossil quarry and trail up. The stroll up into the dry hills was a great addition and taster for the quarry. Spotting cave paintings, a beautiful wilderness landscape, and even fossils embedded directly into the side of the trail was a delight while I walked up to the quarry. Feeling my legs bring me to a childhood dream made the short couple of mile hike nothing, and I was giddy, to the bones. I am a dinosaur fanatic, by the way. Love them. Always have, probably always will. They fascinate me. And the more our understanding of prehistoric animals changes, they continue to. The mystery of them. The awe. The sheer size of life that big in a way so alien to anything we see today. I mean, Jurassic Park, anyone? Who else doesn't love the image of giant terror lizards chomping down on unsuspecting tourists? especially the rude ones. Walking into the fossil center, a strange building built over top of the quarry itself, not only preserving the exposed face of the rock, but allowing it to be touched by visitors was a thrill. At every dinosaur exhibit ever, of course the rule is that you can't touch the fossils. Heck, even most of the fossils on display are actually casts. These are hyper-fragile ancient remnants of creatures millions upon millions of years old. They do not transport well, and the work that goes into preserving them shouldn't be underestimated. I had an amazing time learning, but the real thrill of the day was yet to come. I decided to pick up an eighth and some water while I was out, having left the park and enjoyed my fossil discovery tour. It was about 3.30, and the campsite I was planning on going to was only a short ride from town. I picked up my supplies and pulled over when I saw a white hood open. I had nowhere to be and nowhere to go, so I pulled over. I stopped, and he asked if I had any water. His radiator was sizzling, and the water immediately hissed and dripped from the inspout onto the asphalt beneath his car. I rolled a joint and watched him work, while Whiskey, his dog, wandered around the desert edge, and he told me his story. Eventually, I offered him a ride, and he offered me a couch. As it does, one thing led to another. He'd been heading the other way, but his radiator had exploded and the car wasn't going anywhere. As we sat and smoked, he called AutoZone, found out the radiator could be there in the morning, and we reconnoitered back to his trailer in Flaming River Canyon National Monument, where a snowstorm was just beginning to blow in. As we worked our way higher and higher into the mountains, the sunset made the rocks come alive as the storm slowly ate away the road behind us. We slid into town shortly before the two gas stations closed, allowing me the chance to nab a couple of frozen burritos and him a cube of beer. I mowed down the meal, and he drank a couple of cans, and though we just made it into town, we hopped back into the car for a short 15-minute drive to the edge of the monument. As Daniel and I sat and speculated about this and that and the fate of his car, among other things, the beauty and the severity of the landscape stilled us both. The silence of the landscape was incredible. The silence of the landscape was incredible, and the utter devastation was a sight as well. These enormous clouds rolled over the top of the ridge and into our path. I found out that Daniel was a fly fishing guide, wanderer, and skier like many out west, and it's one of the ways of the wander trade. I need a ride, you need a couch. He also gave me the lowdown on the area, and I definitely want to be back for another foray around when I have time and better weather. Flaming gorge filled with the frozen winds coming off the storm betrayed the name, but I intend to come back in the sun, and the frozen fire was no slouch either as we watched the clouds slip towards us. Daniel and I got back to the trailer to hit the sack and get an early jump back on the road the next day to his car. I grabbed a refresh at the lodge shower house, surprisingly good facilities, and settled in for a long Utah mountain nap. Thank you for listening to this segment of Traveling High and Low, a spot on the Bluegrass Podcast. Tune back in every week for more episodes from the road, as well as cannabis reviews, interviews, and more.